Okay, welcome back to another episode, Phone Jacker Sales Podcast. Um, now, I'm really looking forward to this conversation, uh, slightly different than a typical sales conversation, right? So before I introduce my guest, let me set the scene. Um, I had an idea, and that idea stemmed from uh, seeing a lot of content on LinkedIn, uh, and a lot of content bad-mouthing salespeople, right? And it could be from prospects receiving bad cold calls, uh, a lot of stuff on emails, right? Shitty emails and also the volume of them. Uh, and then obviously pitch slapping, right? A lot of salespeople are out there connecting with decision makers and then diving straight into their DMs and pitching their product and service, right? And a lot of people get pissed off about this. So I thought to myself, well, it'd be really good to hear from a prospect and to get their thoughts and feelings from being on the receiving end of all this stuff. And obviously, this is a sales podcast, right? So it's good for us to learn um, from these prospects and their experiences um, and yeah, get a sense of what it's like to be on the receiving end of that. So what I did is I basically put an ad out, uh, you know, Wednesday, I think, and had quite a few people come forward. So that was interesting in itself, um, which leads me on to my guest. Uh, like I said, a few people came forward. One of them was James uh, over at Let's Run Marketing, Managing Director. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about receiving cold emails and cold calls and what the lessons we can learn. So with that, James, thank you for coming along. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. good. Thanks for coming along to, uh, share, share your thoughts and experiences. Um, so before we get into the meat of it, yeah, I'll give you the chance to introduce yourself. Who are you? Uh, what do you do? So, yeah, as you've rightly said, um, MD at Letter and Marketing, um, we are a marketing agency. Uh, we, we started back in the day with prospect lists, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm really conscious of how people are market, marketing themselves, especially via telemarketing and, and especially cold email, because like you said, it's done a lot of the time yeah. really fucking badly, which is frustrating. Um, so yeah, so that's a bit about us mm -hmm. into to discuss today what uh yeah the good the bad the ugly because i've got a few examples i've had recently actually so i'm uh i'm keen to get your uh, opinion on these as well actually yeah good stuff yeah you mentioned you had a cold call yesterday so we can dive into that so i have to ask this question first question right you've freely given up your time for little reward other than to have a conversation about this so why did you want to get on here why did you want to chat about this well, I've seen your content and I know Benjamin Dennehy, who I believe you know as well. And yeah. I, yeah. I I think there's a there's, there's there's so much bad press around marketing and especially sales. Salespeople have just got that, you know, we all think of car salespeople, don't we? Of greasy fuckers that are trying yeah. to join the dodgy car and all the rest of it. And, and these are just people, you know, these are just yeah. people that are trying to do a job. And a lot of the time, the product or services that we're, where you and I are trying to sell or people are trying to sell, they can legitimately help that business, but they're just not willing, or the owner or the whoever the decision maker is, is just not willing to to have that discussion. And we know it's hard. Like, we know it's hard cold calling. We know it's hard email marketing. So I think it's just, uh, I'm just keen yeah. to, obviously, you know, like I said, we've got some good examples. Cold callers are one that I absolutely love. And I get so many of them. And they're so frustrating, especially when you're busy, how they enter calls and obviously, you know, how you do it, you know, and the, some of the content you've put on LinkedIn is fantastic. And it works. And I think people look at what you do and go, oh, that's a bit, you know, that's a bit against the grain, but you're doing exactly what you need to do. And the results clearly, you know, show that. So yeah, keen to, uh, yeah, just keen to shed yeah. some light on everybody. All right. Good stuff. Well, before I get into my next question, you, you mentioned you love cold calling. So you've got some experience yourself, right? And obviously you're a managing director. Do you have to find new business yourself or do you have a team that does this? No, so we, you know, we've called, you know, to grow the, our business, we've had to cold call. We've had to get on the phone and interrupt someone's day and yeah. get them to be interested in us and our product. And it's bloody hard. It's really difficult. You have some good days yeah. and bad days, um, but you've got to do it. You know, the, you know, you, no one's, no one, you know, there are obviously very few businesses that are lucky. You can just set up a website. Suddenly people are coming to you. You've got to, you've got to prospect and, you know, we've seen the we've seen yeah. the rise of LinkedIn and personal profiles and the rest of it, but there's nothing better than than cold calling and and uh, and like I said, yeah, we well, I've done it for 
know, I still cold call on the odd occasion now, and it's it's brilliant, but it's but it's difficult, and there's an art to it, and there's there's an art, and it's not as you know this 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 you know I think Benjamin and obviously you speak about this as well, which is you know no one's born a salesperson. It is a skill, and you've got to learn it, and you've got to practice it. And you can't just pick up a phone tomorrow and go, oh, "I'm a brilliant cold caller." That's not how it works. You've got to, you know, it's a skill and it's a fine art, and you've got to really practice it to get it bang on. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I guess what you're alluding to is uh, there's no such thing as the gift of the gab with sales, right? It's a, it's a skill that needs to be learned and developed and you can only do that over time and from failing, right? You'll, yeah, you'll get the odd occasion where you wing it because they like you, but you know, the, the, the proof's in the pudding. You know, if you've, um, if you've, uh, if you've sold a product or service for a long time and you've been consistent within that time period, then it's, it's the skill you've got, not the gift of the gab. You know, that's the reality to it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's always going to be elements of luck, but if you want to get consistent results over time, there's uh, no substitute for hard work and competency as well right you need to know what you're doing have a process and get good at it right which unfortunately a lot of sales people don't do so with that help me understand something then you get a lot of cold emails a lot of cold calls what does that look like in your world what does how many are you get in cold calls cold emails each week uh, emails i'd say five an hour five an hour Christ. Oh, yeah, so what's yeah, that? That's what, 40, 40 a day? Yeah, so you're getting about 200 a week. Yeah, easily, yeah, easily. Christ. How, I know, has it always been this way? Or have you seen an increase in this over time? There's definitely been an increase. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely been an increase. I think... Yeah, there's definitely yeah, there's definitely been an increase. I, I think what I'm seeing, especially the ones that you know, even the ones I've had today as an example, obviously they're they're very catered around Black Friday, these particular ones, but they all sort of have the same subject lines, same sort of copy, and none of them stand out now. So you just you yeah. know, you're so you, you know what's coming really when you open your junk folder up and you know exactly what's gonna be in there. And you know, you don't even read them now because you just you just delete straight away. But yeah, you would there's definitely been a there's definitely been an increase in the last yeah, 15 years, definitely. Yeah, it's an interesting point. A couple of points I'll come on to there. But yeah, when I when COVID hit uh, and I was still employed at the time, uh, obviously a lot of companies and industries got shut down, right? And what I noticed afterwards is when we came out of the first lockdown, um, email prospecting became a lot more prevalent. And I was just a sales rep, right? But I used to get loads of emails from random people. It wasn't even salespeople. So I assume these companies have let go of their salespeople. And it was managing directors, marketing directors, and senior people that were emailing me, a sales guy, uh, pitching their product and service. Or a lot of the time, they'd be asking me to refer them to someone. So I remember one was video production or something like that. And they wanted to speak to the marketing guy. Um, and I noticed that that time there was an increase in uh, prospecting emails specifically. And I feel, feel like that's carried on. And a lot of people are talking about kind of the scale and volume of emails that they're getting. Um, for that reason, right, a lot of companies had to kind of reset and try and grow and win new business. And it's kind of remained the same since then. Um, so you get all these emails. Uh, <laughs> How do you deal with them? Do you respond to any? Are there any that stand out that you go, okay, I might read this one? I've not responded to a cold email, apart from one last week, actually, because it's seen this, is what I think for me, it's where relevancy is. So we've, um, we're hiring at the moment and you can imagine my LinkedIn at the moment, the second you put on there, you're hiring, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah. I've had a lot of the emails as well. And one of them was about, um, they'd actually rather than email me telling me that they you know they can help and all the rest of it this one guy and i haven't got it to hand actually he'd email me saying oh we've got this person she'd be brilliant for you whatever her name joke blogs and i did actually respond to that and yeah. go well, okay okay you've you've clicked you know what i'm looking for at the moment you've seen what we do as a business and you've gone here's a solution and i've gone no oh, do you know what? i'll read that now 
it was frustrating because she was in the Midlands and we're actually we're, we're, we're hiring in Leeds. Um, so that was a, you know, a dud from his perspective, but it was relevant to me at the time. Whereas a lot of the emails that we get, you know, the ones I've got here today, you know, I've got one email that just says the subject line is tomorrow, question mark. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a good point. We'll come up, come back to that. That's a good point. So you get all of these emails, right? And I'm, I'm the same. I see some of these emails and automatically, subconsciously, I know what a bad email looks like. So I'll just ignore it. If it's in my junk box, I'll delete it or I'll just ignore it and delete it. And there's some that stand out where you're like, right, this one could be slightly personalized. Is that the same for you? Do you look at these and can you see like the one you mentioned there? Did that stand out as one just by not even reading it, just by looking at like, okay, this might be something worth reading. The the, the subject line must have grabbed me. So the subject line, I can't remember what it was exactly. Yeah. Um, um, and even the company name, actually, it was something, I can't remember what it was now, but it said the company, I knew what the company did by just by looking at the name. There's nothing worse than looking on. I've got one in front of me now, BB, BBP. I don't know what that business does, but I have no idea. So yeah. so this one company right now I've got in front of me, this was sent today at 10.02. BBP, news from the Midlands. I have no idea what that business does or what that subject line's about. I have no idea. I'm based in the Midlands, but I, I don't know why that email is yeah. going to be relevant to me. Well, I'm not going to open that. Um, but that one, the one, that one particular chap who emailed me, clearly, you know, we're in is relevant. Cause we're looking to recruit. The name I remember it being something like recruit, so I knew exactly what it was. And the subject line must have been, you know, Louise is perfect for you or whatever her name was. Who was you know who who, who was prospecting me? Um, it was. It clearly grabbed my attention, whereas, like I said, a lot of these I've got in front of me are just, yeah, pants. Got it. So for you, relevancy is paramount, really, right? And putting this in the subject title to grab your attention, right, is going to be key. Because like you said, you're getting four, uh, how many was it? It was 200 a week, right? So you're getting 200 of these emails a week. And the ones where the subject, uh, the subject line isn't relevant, you not even reading so relevance has got to be one and it's got to be in the subject title would that be fair yeah definitely and what i also say actually callum is is when it comes from a business i'm less likely to look at it when it comes from a, an actual um an actual person a human then i'm a lot more um opposed to reading it like uh, yeah even now i've got one called john carter in front of me that was ten sixteen. um uh what this guy about Oh, oh, there you go. This is about CV databases. There you go. So this guy's, you know, again, relevant because we're obviously hiring at the moment. And Mr. Mr. Carter yeah. is is asking me to run a free trial on one of his CV systems. But again, you know, it's the, I've read that because so it's a lot of these sales emails that you're getting are, oh, sorry, go on, I missed that bit. No, I was just going to say, like that particular email, I've obviously opened that because it says John Carter. If that was his business name, which is, uh, I can't even tell his business name here, which is um, ta um, Insurance Talent Spa, I wouldn't have opened that because insurance right now isn't something that's in, in my mind, whereas Talent Spa maybe, yeah. but I wouldn't know what the business does by the name. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Um, I forgot what the question I was going to ask you now was. Um <laughs> The previous email was about, oh no, it was about a uh, person. So what I was going to ask was, yeah, you mentioned that if it comes from an individual, you're more likely to open the email. So are you getting a lot of, uh, I guess what we call spam, right? From perhaps businesses, marketing teams, uh, trying to get you to sign up to some sort of webinar probably, right? You get a lot of these emails as well. Yeah, the, 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 I, we, we get a lot. It's, it's a real mixture. I'd probably say 25 to 30% personal or coming from a human or seem to have come yeah. from, from an actual, an actual um, person in the team, opposed to probably 75, 80% then are coming from the actual business. And I'm a lot more inclined to read the ones that have come from a person without doubt. Uh, even if I, even if I'm just quickly deleting my junk folder, I will just quickly scan it. Um, probably not taking much of it in unless again, it resonates, but even then I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you the ones I deleted this morning actually, because again, they've just not resonated. Um, 
whereas the, the ones that are from a yeah a, like i said like a company i would i would just never even scan it that's really interesting um i personally don't have that much experience with it i don't get cold i haven't had one cold call since i started the business just over a year ago and i very rarely get business related prospecting emails um but i'm the same even though i don't get that many the ones that go into my junk folder if there's nothing that grabs my attention just from scanning it i won't even bother i'll just delete it right um and i've had a few i have responded to a few same as you personal uh email address uh with something relevant to me and what i do as a business i have i've had a couple of meetings that i've put through that um but yeah i'm the same so that's interesting what i took from that really is that you're busy you get all of these emails literally 200 a week on top of all of your relevant emails that are work related and client related i imagine um you're only responding to ones that are from personal accounts and that if you've only got a short amount of time to read these and scan these anything that's relevant to you and what you're doing right now is something that might grab your attention uh, and then you might read that that email, right? That's where we've got to. So that's really interesting. So let me ask you this then: though, in the content of these emails, what are what are salespeople doing that you would suggest is really bad? What you would say avoid to do this in emails? Yeah, we'll stick with emails for now. Um, I think I think from a the, the, the one thing that I, and we don't do this as a business, just because I think they're quite dull. And I know a lot of people do do this. So I don't want to discredit and sort of give grief to one that does do this, but newsletters, weekly or monthly newsletters. Does anyone care? Like, uh, you know, we don't do yeah. them because, you know, for, for me, newsletters are, you know, just a bit of a pissing contest, really. Oh, listen, this is what we've done this week. And, you know, you, again, from the, you know, the, the how you cold call and, you know, and all the rest of it, it's not about, it's not about, it shouldn't be about us, should it? It should be about that particular, you know, prospect that we're trying to, we're trying to sort of get into our yeah. sort of sales cycle. Um, so newsletters for me are a massive no-no. I know people do it. I know even our clients do them, um, but I'm not, a, I'm not a massive fan personally. Um and then in terms of what people can do, I think, like I said, from actually getting them from a relevant person in the team and actually someone you've probably interacted with before. So if I've had a you know call with you know someone about what we what we bought recently, um, some video equipment, or actually that's a good example. So some video equipment. If I got an email from the sales guy that sold me that, I would probably open it now yeah. because I know who he is. He's relevant to me and. I, I, again, he's probably trying to sell me some, of course, but I'm probably going to be open in that. Whereas if it came from his business, I probably wouldn't open it. So I think actually using the people that you've, who you've interacted with within that sales or even sort of prospect journey, actually use those as, 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 as the people to get the comms from. And again, you can do these on their CRMs, whether it, you know, be Pipe Drive, HubSpot, email systems like Force24 or whomever. Again, you can, you can, you can do this quite easily with, yeah. with these type of systems. So, that would be one of my top tips is to, you know, for me, obviously, you know, doing what we've done in the marketing space for a long time, but me as a, as a, again, as a, someone who's in a business that gets lots of emails, that would be one for me is actually get people to send them that are relevant to me, not just now your account manager or someone in project management or sales, you know, who have I spoken to that I've clearly got a potentially a relationship with. Yeah, no, it's a good point uh about relevancy is a difficult one to get right because a lot of the time you don't know what's relevant so for example you talked about video equipment if there was a business out there that sold video equipment they got a sales guy right how would they know how to reach out to you at the right time so the relevancy piece is quite difficult to to get right um but what i was going to ask was when it comes to when it comes to receiving these emails and one of the things that you touched on, right, is you're a business owner and you've got a history of sales, uh, cold calling and I guess prospecting via email, right? You've probably got a sales team as well that helps you out with this. That's the case for a lot of people. So are you based on that? Does that are you put off by sales uh, prospecting emails or do you respect the, the kind of the nature of them, the game, so to speak? You know, what's your kind of perception of it all? I, I think the market's changed actually in terms of people are a lot more 
understanding that people have got a prospect and uh, you know you may get this from your cold calling Callum, and i'll be interested to get your you know your take on this but i think you know when we started 15 years ago which is a long time now even when i think when i even say it it seems like a huge amount of time i remember getting told to f off a lot of time on the on 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 calls the amount of emails that we got back when we started email marketing and they weren't just to go away or a swearing some of these people put so much detail into their replies of we're going to do this to x and this to y like you know i'm talking they've probably sat there for a good 10 20 minutes writing this email to reply to a cold email we rarely get that anymore <laughs> i think the world's a lot more just understanding yeah. that you've got to market your business and you know there's different ways of doing it some will work for some businesses some won't but actually i think like a lot a lot more a lot more people are understanding and actually I know I think this actually comes from LinkedIn. I think some of the stuff you're doing, you know, your content you're putting out there, people are a little bit more understanding that there is a face behind that guy or girl that's calling you at one minute past nine on a Monday because they've been given a call sheet and now they're calling out. I think there is a little bit more, like I said, yeah. a, lo- a lot more understanding to that now. Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually, because like I said, I, I don't know if you see it as well across LinkedIn. Um Maybe LinkedIn and just the kind of community aspect of it, the fact that there's a lot more visibility from all sides of the uh, business kind of world, so to speak. And like I said, I see a lot of uh, people, prospects, in essence, decision makers putting content out there about bad emails and bad calls that they get. But they obviously see the sales side of it, right? And there's a lot of salespeople out there talking about their experiences and how hard prospecting is, like we discussed. So maybe, yeah, maybe there's that side of it. People are a little bit more softer to um, the approach. But I also think, and you kind of touched on this, is like I mentioned that, and I see this with uh, some posts from the sales world where people are talking about kind of email response rates they've dropped and potentially as well what perhaps maybe worked 10, 15 years ago just doesn't work now. And I think it's down to the volume, the sheer volume of emails that people are getting because you're a busy, you're a busy guy. You've got so much uh, on your plate to deal with. The last thing you're thinking is, right, I need to allocate half an hour of my time to respond to sales emails, right? So everything that you do in terms of interacting with these is a subconscious level. You mentioned you just scan your junk box. And if one stands out that's relevant, then you might open it and read it, right? Uh, and yeah, I think the that's probably part of the reason that people just kind of switch off to these prospecting emails and can't even be asked to complain anymore because they get so many of them, right? So yeah, I think that's probably more of the case these days, but no, it's interesting. Okay, then. Um, Last question on cold emails. Actually, no, let's, let's pass on cold emails. We've done that. Let me summarize it because, like I said, this is for salespeople. What can we take from it? Decision makers like yourself getting tons and tons of emails, sales emails. You mentioned 200, up to 200 a week, right? And you haven't got time to read them all. A lot of them go into your junk box and you may just scan them. That is literally all that's happening is people are scanning these. So something needs to be relevant straight away, whether that's the first sentence or the subject title. So I guess people need to do their research. Why am I contacting this person? Is it going to be relevant for them? Because the time and peace, you're not always going to get right. That's the whole point of prospecting, right? Um, But yeah, you've got to be relevant. And I guess we didn't really touch on this in terms of the content. From your point of view, it's probably got to be brief, right? Just get to the point. Why are you emailing? Because you haven't got time to read uh, an essay of an email, right, to see whether this is something relevant. I guess it's got to be brief to the point. What is it, the problem they're going to solve and why it might be relevant for you? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think they've got, I think, I think, you know, they've got to be brief, but I think you've got to, they've got to be easy to read. So I've just, I've just actually, Callum, I've just sent you an email that I received at 5.05 this morning. And the reason why I've sent you it is because I've not opened it until now. Let's get it up. It, the worst email I've ever seen. It's up there. Um, uh, now, I'll be interested to get your take on this particular email because I don't think it's too good. It hasn't come through yet. It's it's on its route. It's on route, but no, it's definitely got to be brief, and it's got to be easy to read. So when you when you when any, it doesn't matter if you're a business yeah. owner. It doesn't matter if you're anybody. If you see paragraph upon paragraph. You're never going to read it in a million years. It's got, you know, I love a quick, you know, quick, you know, 
really just exactly what you do on your cold calling, transfer that onto paper. And obviously, I know there's some there's some caveats that, of course, but transfer that onto an email. You know, what is it? You know, what are you what what like you said? What's the outcome we're going to be of you if you reading this email? And for me, that's one of the biggest things: is what are you going to get out from it? Get out get out of this. And it might be that you're going to get some cheaper video equipment that we mentioned, or it might be X, Y, Z. But you know, just they've got to, You've got to engage with them. You know, it doesn't matter what that first line says. It could be anything, really. It could be I know your dad's name. Doesn't matter. They might know you know your dad's name, but are they then going to digest the rest yeah. of the content? It doesn't matter. You've got the retention, and that's the biggest thing with email. Like you said, then we're doing it so subconsciously. If there is something that piques your interest, whether it's bizarre because it's like, what on earth is this email? But actually, you've got them, then, haven't you? You've actually done, you know, that job, which is like, you know, from cold calling. You've you've interrupted a day, and they're willing to give you that 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 thirty seconds. It's the same with email. What can you do? You're in the subject line on that first couple of lines that's going to grab their attention. And there's nothing worse than seeing an email which is, "Hi, Callum. I hope you're having a brilliant day." I hope the fact, you know, and you, you basically you're thanking them for twenty minutes before you actually get to the why you're emailing them. Exact same with cold calling. It's the exact same premise. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd absolutely agree. Well, I think this email's come in now. No, it hasn't. We'll have to come back to it. Uh, but Is yeah, it I absolutely junk? agree. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. Is it in your junk? It's a, oh, honestly, Callum, you've got to see it. It's a really... There you go. <laughs> right, yeah. And this, was the formatting like this? The formatting in certain bolds and different font types and all this kind of stuff. Was that how it yeah, was that... delivered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, just forward you what I've got. That's the level we're talking. No wonder no one's doing well. Jeez. Yeah. Well, yeah, for the people that can't see this, it's a, a lengthy email. There's large fonts, certain words in bold, um, no kind of line space in paragraphs, anything like that. Uh, the message was pretty much just what they do. <laughs> and then lots of images and a lot of detail on, yeah, what they do, why they're, why they're different, right? And what they can help you with. But yeah, a lengthy email. And I guess you just looked at that and just thought, nah, I'm not going to read it. I, I wouldn't open that unless we were on this call, if I'm being honest. That would have been deleted before yeah, I opened I don't that. Blame you. <laughs> For, for me though, Callum, it's the it's the, yeah. It's, I, the shame with this is it, it, it's the images. No, like it's the images. Who who who? Those are not good images, are they? So if I wanted to buy a audio visual product, I don't think I'd even use these guys because the imagery is that bad. Yeah, it's a good point. But also what I took from it, it didn't really tell a story, right? It was just, it wasn't relevant or personalized to you. And I don't mean personalization in terms of what's your favorite football club or your dog's name. I just mean like your business and why this would be relevant for you and what you guys do. It was just like first bit was pasted in seven or eight images. Then another bit was pasted in, another bit was pasted in. And then it's like, can we meet? Um, so, yeah. It's a pretty poor email. Okay, let's park emails. I'm conscious of time. We want to talk about cold calls because you mentioned that you had one. So first question for you on this before we get into the cold call stuff is what would you prefer to receive, a cold email or a cold call? Cold call. Really, that's interesting. Why is that? Definitely a cold call. Definitely a cold call. Um, why, why a cold call? Just because you can get to the the crux of it quicker, can't you? Really, um, you know, if you have if you have got an email and you're interested, I've got to then reach out to them. The reality is, I'm not going to, you know, unless it's something you really, really need yeah. right now. Whereas if someone calls you, you know, what you're selling, you know, tell me, you know, let's 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 have it. And if it's of relevancy, brilliant. If it's not, look, good luck. You know, we're not good for you. You know, crack on. Yeah. So that's interesting because, yeah, from my experience making a lot of calls and you've made a lot in your time as well, the perception is a lot of people don't like receiving cold calls. And from my point of view, I typically would call managing directors, CEOs and people just like yourself. Right. And they've got a background in sales. So a lot of them 
kind of appreciate the art they're like right yeah i i used to do this back in the day uh, and it kind of brings back some memories for them of right, how tough it was so there's there is an appreciation there right um that's something that i certainly found myself so how many cold calls do you roughly get per week any idea not many not many i would say i would say as little as one every two weeks wow so two a month basically yeah it's not that much is it and this is this is the thing uh you said you mentioned you get in 200 emails a week and half of half a cold call a week right one every two weeks and i assume like if you're answering your phone who's going to have your attention right the person who sent an email that's sitting amongst 40 others of that day or someone who's called you and you've answered and said hello and you've, they've got your attention like it's, it's crazy isn't it and obviously like people fear picking up the phone and all of this um but people aren't getting cold called that much and if you want to stand out it's the best way to to do it right it's the easy not the easiest but it is insensitive all you got to do is call them up but managing the call is obviously a lot more difficult than writing an email but it's not that hard to get someone's attention Okay, so with that, you told me you received a cold call yesterday. How did it go? It was awful. And what makes me laugh with these cold calls is I'm so <laughs> even though like I like I know their job, so I'm I'm willing to give them, um, you know, I'm I'm I'll just I just I'm really quiet. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, James speaking, and then I'll just won't say a word. I won't say an absolute dicky bird because I'll just let them do. And it's always someone that's really young, and it's yeah. never someone who I would go. Oh, he's my age, you know, he's in his 30s or whatever. But it's always someone that's really young like this. So this guy called me yesterday and he said, hi, James. Yeah, yeah, Joe speaking. Oh, brilliant. My name's, let's call him Dave. And we're specialists. And he uses really, really big words. Now, I'm not intelligent whatsoever. So when people start using <laughs> big words, even I get confused. So he started using these words. Yeah. It's basically recruitment, which is fine. But he was using these massive words. And I didn't say anything. I just let him go. And this went on, I, I even timed it, it was about 90 seconds. And then I said, okay, so what is it you guys do? And then he then used these big words again, which by then I'd clocked on, it was recruitment. And I said, do you guys do, are you a recruitment agent? He said, oh, yes, we are. I said, okay, well, unfortunately we don't, um, we're not outsourcing any of that at the moment. It's only done internally because uh, we're using things like LinkedIn and, um, and all the rest of it. And then he said, and this is what, and this is, you know, I'm keen to get your opinion on this, Kevin, but... I've I've disqualified myself there, so I've been really honest with him, and I know I'm a you know a conundrum because not everyone will disqualify themselves, and some people will lie and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. And I then said, look, this is the reasons why I can't, I'm not going to use your services. You know, good luck type thing. He said, well, is it okay if I call you back in a couple of weeks? Well, <laughs> well, if you'd listened what I said, then at this pointless for you and it's pointless for me. I'm not going to add any numbers to your, to your board so there's no need for it um but i think that one is is i would say 99 times about 100 that is the type of call people are making um they're reading off a script yeah. which obviously we like scripts which are fine but then when actually people talk it's as if people don't really listen and you know there are some people that we lie we know that you know we know people will just say xyz to get off the get off the call but again there's 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 techniques like you know you'd speak about that you can you know try and delve into that a little bit more and you sort of test that but when you then say you know and always in the call look keep going good luck you know unfortunately i can't help but honestly there's no point sort of calling me just flag me as a red on your system because it's pointless for them um but yeah that was yeah. the call and and like i said i'd say that happens 99 times out of 100 when we, when we get a cold call into the business <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Um, uh, yeah, you, you you brought up a couple of points there. I guess the main one you mentioned like big words, and I assume a lot of these calls that you get, the the salespeople on the other end of the phone are they basically like the email you sent me, right? They're just talking about what they do and the benefits, features, advantages, all that nonsense, right? And you've had to ask them the question, what is it you do? <laughs> like, how can you help me kind of thing? Um, and obviously, whenever, whenever salespeople do that, it sets up the conversation to, it's going to go badly all the time anyway, because you as a prospect probably hears that and it's just like, 
the relevancy part, I don't see how this is relevant to me, right? Um, and I imagine a lot of prospects just check out and they're like, well, how can I get rid of this guy? Um, and yeah, you mentioned big words as well. I think that's a problem across the board, isn't it? The Like I said, if people are talking about features, advantages and benefits and all of that kind of stuff, they use these big fancy words that are meant to impress people and entice them in. Um, but all it does is confuse people, like you mentioned, right? Uh, yeah, so if, you, if you're not talking about problems and how you can help someone and fix some of the problems they might have in their world, then the conversation is going to be really difficult because like you said, you've got recruitment sorted internally. So if that's all you've got to go off, then there's no point having this conversation, is there? No, there's not. And something you mentioned there about, um, again, the relevancy, um, it is hard because, you know, it, it is hard, like you said, because some companies you're calling, you know, it just won't be relevant to them, which is absolutely fine. But if it's not relevant to them, try and get that early. You know, try and get that in early. And if someone's being genuine on the phone to you, sort of take that as, you know, take that as sort of face value. There's no, all you're going to do there is get someone's backup. You know, I've done in the past where I've said certain things and gone, why have I said that for? What a dope. You know, why have I said that? And, you know, you look back and you self analyze, don't you, and go, oh, that was rubbish for XYZ reason. But when someone's genuine on the phone going, look, this is the reason, XYZ, yeah. just take it, you know, just generally take it. Um, but, Cold calling, like I said, it's a, it's a total art, but it can be so it can be so good for businesses. Like a lot of our clients do a cold call, and it works for them. It absolutely works, and it will always work because not everyone's willing to pick up the phone and dial. You know, back on the old Wolf of Wall Street thing. But it's um, when you look at you know when yeah. you said about two hundred emails versus one call a week, because the phone's scary. And all it is, is just having a conversation with someone, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in account management, project management, sales, you know, whatever it may be, you know, renewal, whatever it may be, just, you can't build a relationship over an email. You can build a relationship over a phone. And even though, you know, you don't want that, you know, you want to, you know, you only build a relationship as we all know, once a sale is made, but there is a slight relationship, even in that initial call, whether it be, you know, hi, it's Callum, you know, kind of 30 seconds, whatever it may be. There is a bit of relationship there, a little bit. An email, you are just words on a the paper. There's yeah. nothing there, you know, and you can tell some, what someone's like by their tone. And, you know, if they're, you know, if, you can just get a bit of a sense of someone, can't you? Even if it's just a little bit. So, yeah, in terms of that sort of 200 versus, um, 200 versus the one call, you know, the one call for me, um, I, I would take that all day. But, because we're from that world, am I more? Am I leaning towards that more because I um, I've got an appreciation for it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, perhaps. But a lot of, like I said, a lot of a lot of obviously it depends on the industry that people are phoning, right? But a lot of managing directors started off in sales, or if they're the founder or the owner of the company, right, and they set this up many years ago, they would have had to do the prospecting themselves to, to get the business off the ground, right? So like I mentioned, a lot of the time, from my experience, there's a lot of appreciation from business owners and managing directors for people making cold calls. Now, you mentioned it, the problem is, like we talked about, right, you're getting all these emails and one call every couple of weeks. So first and foremost, it's not hard to stand out from other sales guys. You just got to pick up the phone first and foremost. The second thing you mentioned is that 99% of the calls that you get all go the same way. They sound like the emails that you're getting, right? So if you could be in that 1%, then you're, you're in a smaller portion of the 1% of salespeople because we just talked about cold calls. If you can get good at cold calling and hold a conversation, then you're going to stand out like a sore thumb, right? Because like you said, most of the cold calls you're getting sound like the emails that they read. So I think that's the challenge for people, right? Is to get good at cold calling. And as you know, and like you mentioned, it's, it's a difficult game. And the only way you're going to get good at it is to fail hard and fail lows. And the only way you're going to fail is by picking up the phone. And that's the hardest part, I always say the hardest part of cold calling is getting good at it. But once you get good at it, it only gets easier and then you have to do less of it, right, at the same time. Um, so, yeah, you touched on a couple of points here. Um, one that was interesting was, I guess, the value of cold calling over email in the sense of you talked about relationships. And you're right, there is a, a level of a relationship. So, for example, let's say you call a company and for, you've just magically caught them at the right time. Whatever it is you're selling, they're looking for it right now. 
who are they going to remember? The person that called them up or the people that have emailed them, right? There's an element of rapport being built if there's a good conversation, trust if they like and the way that the person sounds like you mentioned tone. Um, they're gonna there's gonna be they're gonna stand out even more if they're gonna consider right who should we meet with or who should we go with. It's gonna put them in a in a good stead, right? Is that something you would agree with based on your experience? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I I'm a big believer is that well you'll know this, you know, ninety-nine percent of the people we call aren't in market for our product today. We know that because it's just the law of averages. But when they're in market, you want to be the first people they think of. And those emails that are sitting in your junk, which on average, you know, industry average at the moment, B2B is about 12% open rate. You're even if you send a hundred, only twelve they're getting those. You've got eighty-eight people that have not will never interact with that email. Well, if you're calling yeah. 100, you're going to pretty much, you know, you're not going to speak to 100 decision makers, we know, but you're going to get through to a lot more than 12. So even the law average averages then are working in your favor when you cold call versus um, email, but you've got to be front of someone's mind. If they're in market and you've cold called them and you've maybe had a conversation, like you said, build a bit of rapport, but obviously there's no relationship there yet, you will, you will be front of mind opposed to someone that's just sent you emails for last year. But for me, you've got to have you've yeah. got to have a mixture of both. Um, even though I get obviously cold, you know, cold emails, I get a lot of prospect emails from sort of suppliers that we use, and a lot of the suppliers, I'm the only the ones I'll use for certain for certain things are the ones that are just front of mind today. This morning was a good example. We needed some some code coding doing, and I called the first person that came to mind. Now we use three or four companies for that. I've gone to that person that we use because he's interacted with me more in the, you know, let's say the last month. So he's front of mind. That's a really good example. Yeah. But he sent me emails. Um, he's probably called me a couple of times. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, I'm thinking about him now. And it's the same with, with any products or service. You've got to be front of mind. So whether that be cold call email, but I do believe there's, you've got to have a bit of both. Um, you can't just go down one route because you've got to be omnipresent because, again, it's so busy. You've got to be everywhere, really, as best you can. If, you know, the mar your market is there or, you know, the business owner you've spoken to is your market, they clearly have a need for your product and you can, you know, genuinely help them, then just be as, as, as just don't let them go, basically. Just always be on them, <laughs> whether it be phone, whether it be email. Uh, obviously LinkedIn posts like we you know I, you know again we know we, we see you do some some great stuff on LinkedIn just always be front of mind and you're a good example Callum I had a lead yesterday for someone that was looking for a freelance telemarketer who did I think of yeah yeah no I appreciate that no definitely you raise an interesting point there uh around kind of being omnipresent right and so my my preference, not, not 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 so much a preference, but I don't really email that much for the reasons that we've discussed today, right? It's for the time you need to invest, the output's just nowhere near as good as cold calling. Um, but what I would try to do, and you mentioned this on the call that you received yesterday, was rather than saying, can I call you back in two weeks, given you've just said, no, this is never going to be relevant for us. I would just ask the question, is this ever likely to change in the future? And if so, why? What, what's going to be different? And then I'll try and just get a, a time in the diary to call them back and then have that conversation with them then. Um, and yeah, I probably wouldn't bother with email because I don't know from your experience, if you've had a cold call and someone's email before, often they just get forgotten about, right? And it's not like you're going to store this email and say, right, I need to respond to this at whatever point. It's like whenever this whatever product or service you might need to buy or problem you need to solve comes up, it's just going to be what's what's the what's the solution right now. So I'd always try and do that. Um, and just obviously you just you keep if you're doing that more often than not, then you're more often than not going to reach the person at the right time when they are considering buying this or when a problem might arise. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd manage it that way. But from what you're saying, email prospecting alongside cold calling works really well for you yeah it does and even if it's so there's a lot of automation that goes on that we do whether it's people that have got certain needs so again again that relevancy is really important they'll get emails that are relevant to that business not just they're in our crm they're going to get an email now what i would do so for example what i do when i'm sort of 
you know, prospect comes into the business and I, you know, once I get off the phone to them, and again, this is a bit different because it's not cold call, but clearly it's the same. There's been an outcome. There's positive, you know, we're going to go on to the next stage, which is either, you know, a quote or a, a, a sale or whatever it may be is I'll always email them with just some random email about the core. So for you, I would say, yeah. I would email them literally just an email, blank email that says, um, um, a subject line, I'm the 32nd guy. And they'd be like, hi, Callum here. Great to chat, speak to you whenever. And although he will remember that phone call, he may put it down and forget. So that's why I found email work really well with 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 cold calling because they'll set the phone call, they'll have a really good interaction with you, but they do just show me sometimes forget because they're just busy. Whereas they've then got that email to go, oh yeah, fair play, good lad. And then yeah. go on about their day. So you then hit them twice. You hit them, you know, obviously on their email and on obviously via a cold call. But again, stuff like that can take seconds, but you've got to get it right. This is the thing, you, you know, you said there about it, it takes time. You can do you can do certain emails, which are just a, a copy and paste template job, you know, really quick, but you are in front of mind. Um, so I, that's something I would recommend. It works, like I said, it works. Um, and even to be fair, even some of the people have called me in the past, they've emailed me straight away with, look, this is what we spoke about. Not in a, not in a really like formal. Oh, we spoke about X, Y, Z. It's like you know, there's some, you know, it's nice. It's like, no, this is what we chat about. Let's chat whenever we can, or you know, whatever date we set. So it's just again, it's still in my inbox, and uh, it, there's there's another essentially there's there's another touch point there. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I would the only time I would typically do an email. So yeah, let me take a step back and kind of clarify that. So if I've had a conversation with someone on the phone. I'd want to establish there and then whether this is something that I can help them with right now. I'd want to do that, right? So if the answer's no, then I'll try and find out if that's ever likely to change in the future, and if so, why? And when would, when would it make sense to call them back? Or, like you mentioned in the case with the recruitment guy, it probably wouldn't make sense to call you back for another year, right? So just mark them off and forget about them, move on to the next one. The only yeah. time I might send an email is if if um, someone says, yeah, this we're not looking at this now, but something's happening in the future. I'll, I'll drop them an email and, like you said, just reference that it was me just in case anything changes in the future. And so if I've agreed to call them back in, say, two months' time, three months' time, if it, something changes and they want to get in touch, they've got my details. That would be the only thing that I would do. If I've disqualified yeah. them out, I won't contact them. Uh, that's, do you know what I mean? I'd maybe call them back in three to six months, whatever makes sense. But to your point earlier is disqualification, right? Get off the phone as soon as possible. Um, prospecting is a numbers game in that respect. And the sooner you can disqualify someone out, the better and move on to the next one. And yeah, go through the list and, and navigate it that way. So well, I've got, um, all right, look, I've got... I want to wrap this up. I'm conscious of taking, so go on. Yeah. I've got one question for you, actually, which is um, only yeah, because I, spoke, I was uh, I was I was calling out some clients yesterday, and even though the the client knows who I am, the receptionist answer, and I've heard this a lot the last year, and I didn't really hear it before, and maybe it's just me or I have heard it, but I just didn't really know. I say when the the, the the receptionist goes, do they know what it's about? And it's like, well, well, they don't know, but they know who I am. Like, I'm not calling for a, I'm calling for a specific reason. They might not really know. They don't want to know exactly what it's about, but they know who I am. What do you say to that? Just out of curiosity. If someone says, do they know what it's the cause about? I'd say, yeah, they better. Or something along those lines. And okay. I'd just insinuate that I know the person. Or I'd say, yeah, I should hope so. But it's all about yeah. tone, right? You've got to, it's a tricky yeah. one to navigate. And I've had to do a lot of it this week. Um, but it's all about tone. Um, it's the key thing. You've got to sound like you're important and like the person on the other end of the phone that you're trying to get hold of, that they know you in some regard. So, yeah, if someone says, do they know what the call's about? I say, yeah, they better. Well, yeah, I should hope so. But it's tone, yeah. right? It's like, yeah, I, I hope so. You can't say it like that, otherwise they'll go, who is this guy, right? So, yeah, you've got to... You've got to be direct and sound like the person you're trying to get hold of on the other end of the phone. But like you said, it's a skill, right? I, I when I started doing the the cold, trying to get past gatekeepers, I'd fuck up all the time, and bit by bit you get better and more comfortable and confident doing it. And yeah, eventually you get more success, right? You do, you do. It's a skill. It's not something you can. Uh, yeah, it's not something you can learn overnight. And I don't. No. 
So, right, I want to wrap this up. I'm conscious I've taken way more longer than I was going to, um, but it's been a good conversation, really interesting. Final question for you. Any closing comments or thoughts on cold calling and receiving cold calls? Um, just do it, basically. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Not enough people do just it. Just do it. And okay. Yeah, well, this is the thing, right? And this is why it's been such a good conversation is you've what you've just done is you you've laid out what I what I anticipated, right? But I I'm I'm not the same sort of business owner that you are, right? I very rarely get any cold emails, probably because I've only been in business a year and people think yeah, he's probably not got any money. Um, but I very rarely get it. So I don't get many cold calls. I I get none none that are B2B related. I get like the spam ones from Amazon and um the ppi type of calls but i don't really get this but you've basically laid out what i anticipated it's like for a lot of business owners and decision makers is that they get a shit ton of emails it's getting more saturated in that space and your attention and your time is precious and it's hard to cut through the noise and be relevant uh, in those spaces and you mentioned that you're getting one cold call every two weeks and i know that's the case for a lot of business owners they very rarely get cold calls and like you mentioned, the, the fact that you're cold calling makes you stand out from the other 200 people that have emailed that person in that week. So all you've got to do is just get good at holding a conversation, right? And we didn't go into too much detail, but just talk about the prospects world. You mentioned it with the newsletters and the business-related emails, right? It's all about the company. You've got to make it about the prospect and um, the problems in their world and what your product and service fixes and talk about that. And then, you're, like you said, just do it. And if you're new to, if you're listening to this and you're new to sales and cold calling, the only way you're going to get good at it and having conversations is to have them, right? Just do it and fail. Um, but like James mentioned, a lot of sound, a lot of owners don't hate cold calls. They just hate the shit ones, which unfortunately, like you said, it's 99% of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a high percentage. Yeah. <laughs> No, exactly. All right. Well, look, James, I very much appreciate you coming on and sharing that. I think a lot of salespeople hopefully will take some stuff away from it. Um, and yeah, it was a really good conversation. So with that, I'm going to end the podcast. Um, and yeah, thanks again, James. And to the rest of you guys watching, I'll see you in the next one.